0: are in a recording studio at Morley College in South London. Two former opera students of the college, Jodie Lee Smith and Hester Dart, are working on a scene from Brainland, a new opera that interweaves stories from the history of 20th century brain science. It was created by four artists who bring something unusual to the process, collectively over a hundred years of experience working with people with brain disorders. My name is Tim Taylor, Head of Dance at the Morley, and the College's liaison with the group who created Brainland. This short series of podcasts provides some background to the project and the stories the opera tells. The idea of making an opera out of these unusual stories was the brainchild of artist and a former collaborator, Ken Barrett.
1: I'm a visual artist and writer, and my work often draws on 30 years working in the NHS as a neuropsychiatrist. I came across the three stories in the opera during research for an art and archive project. Dramatic stories driven by strong characters living through really interesting times. I collaborated with my friends, composer Steve Brown and dramatist Andy Plattman on other projects, so I approached them with the idea of perhaps creating a chamber opera based on one of the stories. As they were linked, Steve suggested a way to weave the three into a single narrative and he got a neurologist and poet, Heather angus LePan on board. Steve began composing the music as we were writing the libretto and at the same time uh, I gave it life in the visual world through drawings, designs, models, animation.
2: Enough, enough oh. of your fancies, Monish. Neuroscience, oh, neuro mythology. Neurohobris, Monish.
3: My name is Stephen Brown. I'm uh, a retired neuropsychiatrist and epileptologist, but I'm also a composer and semi-professional cellist. Um, I've been involved with this Brainland project since it started. I've never written an opera before, so it was quite an exciting thing to do. And to combine um, the subject matter uh, with my own interests was particularly challenging and interesting. We're very grateful to the support that we've had from the opera department at Morley College and in particular uh, the head of it, Michaelis Angelicus, um, that enabled us to put this together. Now one of the storylines concerns the birth of the psychosurgery movement in the 1930s and 40s, attempts to alleviate mental illness and distress by damaging frontal lobes of the brain. In the scene that you just heard, an eminent Portuguese neurologist tries to persuade his psychiatric colleague to supply him with patients for his treatment experiments. These scenes have also been in dance and movement workshops with Tim, his colleague Adrian Look, and their students.
2: Experiments, your cycle, butchery, am I right? Monish, surgery delicate,
4: a My name is Heather angus Lepan. I'm a neurologist and a researcher. I'm very interested in how the brain works and how our personalities affect what happens to us and how we perceive the world. And this opera tells the story of three people and others, but the three central people, and how their personalities and their view of the world affected their science and the way they sold it. And it looks at some very vexed subjects, including clinical ethics, the compromises that clinicians made and still make to treat patients, how we accommodate or rebel against political regimes and and the ideas of our time, and how we are affected very much by our own personalities, by whether we're introvert or extrovert, by our self-belief, which can at times be too little or too much. So this is a very human story about how science develops. And it's a, a big reminder that when we look at science, we need to view view things in terms of how they were and how they were perceived at the time. We're all part of our environment. None of us are immune or separate from the way that our own society perceives the world. I'd like to say a few words about one of the key characters in the opera, and that is Hans Berger. He was a German psychiatrist in the 1920s. He discovered that the brain emits very tiny rhythmic electrical pulsation and he managed to record this for the first time, these tiny waves from the scalp, and he called this the electroencephalogram. He was an obsessive character and he did many, many recordings and he was labelled a crank by the scientific establishment for years, Before his findings were finally confirmed. And the opera tells his story to the tragic end.
1: Hi, I'm Andy Platman, I'm a retired GP. And since 2014, I've been looking for things to do to fill my time. I wrote a screenplay with Ken, and um, we then were fishing around for other things to to write about. And the one thing I'd never put my hand to was was writing anything like an opera. The third storyline in Brainland concerns the military funding of brain science in the early years of the Cold War. In 1957, four UK scientists and medics arrived at a US Air Force base en route to a brain laboratory in Norway. One of the stories opens in 1920 Weimar, Germany, a period in which experimental theatre thrived. Surreal storytelling, dance, masks, false heads, animation, the whole cabaret scene. We decided early in the writing to go down the same route in Brainland, and that helped to bring a light touch to some fairly complex Ethical, clinical, and technical subjects. How
2: many? Two, three, twenty.
0: Thanks to Ken, Steve, Heather, and Andy for their contributions and to you for listening. We'll end this introductory podcast with a little more of that Brainland recording session. Check out the other podcasts in the series for more in-depth discussion of the three storylines or visit the opera website brainlandtheopera.co.uk for the full libretto, music, designs, interviews and more.
2: Them conduct your experiments, your treatments would be